Welcome in. Welcome aboard a Friday edition of a show to be named later, rounding out the week. It is Friday, June 29th, 2018. We will get to weird news. Some of the wild, wacky, weirder things to happen in sports this week. Yes, that means we will be coming back to Bill Russell and his uh, middle finger at the NBA Awards. Because, of course, that was like the best thing to happen this week. So we'll get to that. But I want to start off with what will happen this weekend in the Bronx. With Yankees, with Red Sox, the rivalry, uh, the back and forth, the American League, the American League East as well. And what this all means and why it's so great. I am a sucker for Yankees-Red Sox. Yeah, I'm a Yankee fan. But I'm a baseball nerd. I'm a sports nerd. I'm a sucker for history. And I'm a sucker for these two teams. When they're both good, when they're both playing well, when they're both in the playoff hunt, I love it. I cannot get enough of it. I will watch it 19 times in the regular season and seven more times in the playoffs and still want more. It is everything. Give me Babe Ruth video. Give me Bucky Dent. Give me Aaron Boone. Give me Thurman Munson and Carlton Fisk fighting at home plate. Show me Pedro Martinez hitting people. Show me Roger Clemens not really going up and in on Manny Ramirez. And starting a bench-clearing brawl. I want all of it. I cannot get enough. I love it. This is baseball history happening right in front of us. This is the living, breathing version of Babe Ruth, Joe DiMaggio, Ted Williams, Carl Yastrzemski, Reggie Jackson, and Bucky Dent. Pedro, Jeter, Manny Ramirez, David Ortiz. This is it. This is the link. And I've said this before on ESPN Syracuse, on Yankees on deck, on Orange Nation, wherever it may have been. There have been hot spots of this rivalry, so to speak. The two most notable ones, the late 70s, of course culminating in Bucky Dent's home run, in 78, and of course, the late 90s, early 2000s, when the Yankees won five division championships in a row, ran into the Red Sox a whole bunch of times, beat them at Fenway Park to win the ALCS and go to the World Series, had the Aaron Boone game, blew a 3-0 lead, and the Red Sox come back, and the Red Sox go and win the World Series. And for the last 15-ish years, since that point, when the Red Sox won the World Series, things have cooled a little bit. Things have calmed down a little bit. Until last year. Until last year when both teams were good again. Until last year when both teams had exciting young cores. When both teams were back in the playoffs. And no, they didn't play each other but they were both really good. And that's what matters. 
And now we get this year. Now we get the arms race. You got it over the winter, right? Everything the Yankees and Red Sox did was because of the other one. Yankees go out and get Giancarlo Stanton. Well, the Red Sox had to get J.D. Martinez. And they probably were going to get J.D. Martinez, so you could probably say it was the other way around. Oh, the Red Sox are going to get J.D. Martinez. We got to do something. We got to answer. Let's go get the biggest bat we can find. Giancarlo Stanton. Yankees are going to get to the trade deadline. They're going to need something to stack up with Boston, with Houston, in the American League. And they're going to go make a move. They're going to go get a starting pitcher. Because they've got to stack up with these Red Sox. We're back in the thick of it. This is a hot spot. We can tell as it's starting. And this one's going to last a while. This is going to be more like the 90s, 2000s than the late 70s. That was a couple years. There were sparks. There were brawls. There were things that happened. The 90s lasted for, the the late 90s, early 2000s lasted for five, six, seven years. From like 98, 99 through 04. That's a long stretch there. And you get the feeling this one's the same. Because you've got Mookie Betts, and Xander Bogarts, and Andrew Benintendi, and Raphael Devers, and Chris Sale. And you've got Aaron Judge, and Glaber Torres, and Miguel Andujar. Gary Sanchez, guys who are young, controlled, under contract. And they're going to be here for a while. We're going to see these guys going up against each other year in and year out. They're going to learn to hate each other if they don't already. We saw sparks fly back in April. And it was beautiful. It was great. And now these two teams meet again. These two teams meet tonight for a three-game series this weekend in the Bronx. And then I think the interesting thing is they don't meet again for a while, for six weeks. They don't play all of July. They get back at it mid-August. There's going to be this whole month where these two teams are going to be jockeying for position, scoreboard watching every night, keeping their eye on what the other one does. Because that's how important this is. That's how important this race is this year. Because yes, the Yankees and Red Sox are both on pace to win 108, 110 games. They're both on pace to do something incredible. But one of them's going to be a wild card. One of them has to go to that one game playoff. And in one game, anything can happen. We know this. And anything can happen in that one game when you don't have your pitching lined up. Which the Yankees and Red Sox probably won't because, oh, by the way, they meet the last weekend of the season. Because, of course, they do. At Fenway Park. Like it should be. These two teams will play multiple series in September. One at Yankee Stadium. One at Fenway Park. And that last weekend of the year, we're going to be watching them. All eyes on that series, on that game, the last day of the regular season, because that game very well could decide who is going to the wild card game 
And who will have home field advantage through the World Series? So which one would you rather have? Yes, I would rather win the Division 2. I would rather win the AL East also. Because winning the AL East is not just winning the AL East this year. Winning the AL East means home field advantage, means number one seed, means World Series Game 7 on your home field. I want that. I want that. This race is going to go down to the wire. This race is going to be heated all summer long, and it is going to be so much fun. The baseball nerd in me cannot wait to see this get going, to really heat up, to see what these teams do at the deadline. Because the Yankees clearly have the upper hand there. The Yankees clearly have the upper hand as far as making their team better. But what is it that they do? How much better do they make themselves? And is it better enough to take the division from the Boston Red Sox? They enter play tonight separated by just a single game. And I can't imagine that over the course of this summer, the Yankees and Red Sox will be separated by more than two or three games at any point in either direction. The Yankees have already erased a seven and a half game lead this season. They did it in a matter of weeks. And I have no doubt that the Red Sox could have done the same had they been in the same position. So from here on out, it's essentially an even slate. We're at the midway point. It is no longer a marathon. And it is getting closer and closer to a sprint. And these two teams are going to battle all summer long. And I just cannot wait. It feels like it really starts tonight. We got fireworks at Fenway Park already one time this year, but it feels like the season starts now. It feels like this race starts now. It is summer it will be Yankee Stadium. You'll get two night games on Sunday night on on Saturday night. National TV. This is the start of the pennant race. Yes, on June 29th, June 30th, and July 1st, the pennant race begins for the Yankees and Red Sox. It is that simple. Before we get to some weird news, allow me to remind you that if you miss any of our shows, you can get caught up with our best of podcasts on the block with Brent Axe, The Daniel Baldwin Show, and when we return on August 6th, Orange Nation with Steve Infante and myself. You'll get those on ESPNSyracuse.com or the iTunes feed, which I'm sure you know about by now. You're listening to a podcast, so I, I would imagine you do. Just search ESPN Syracuse on iTunes and subscribe, though, if you have not already. And while you're at ESPNSyracuse.com, check out our our audio vault. Every interview we do is nice and neatly cut up and packaged for you 
so you can get even more of the shows you love to listen to every day. Now back to a show to be named later. All right, back here on a show to be named later. And uh, yeah, it is time to finish off the week with some weird news. Some of the, uh, well, uh, odder and weirder and wackier stories from the week. Let's start off with one that we already know, one that we already discussed just a little bit. And that is Bill Russell and his reflexive middle finger towards Charles Barkley. Oh, I love this. I thought this was hilarious. I talked about this on, on the podcast earlier in the week. It is the one thing that stood out on my timeline, that came through, that broke through as a a part of the NBA awards. And I'm not even kidding when I say this. Like, this is the only thing I saw from the NBA awards this week, is Bill Russell's middle finger being thrown in the general area of Charles Barkley. That's the one thing I saw. Nothing else. No speech from James Harden. Nothing. That's it. And I talked about this earlier in the week in the context of, like, do we really need this award show? And if you want to go back and listen to it, go back and listen to it. You'll find all that earlier. But Bill Russell is awesome. Bill Russell is one of the all-time greats, a t- what, top five, top ten player of all time. Has has all the rings, so many rings, you don't even know what to do with them. He's got to, like, double up one of his fingers. Uh, maybe he puts it on his toe. I don't know what he does. Uh, he, he's got so many rings that, that you you just don't know what to do with them. And he's this all-time great, and oh, by the way, he sits there, and when Charles Barkley simply says something like, thank you, Bill Russell, he turns around and flips him off. And then, and then has the presence of mind to turn around, get on Twitter, apologize for it with a screen grab, but self-deprecatingly, and, and really, let's face it, make fun of Charles by saying, that's just what I do every time I see Charles Barkley. Right? Like, it was the perfect storm. It was Charles Barkley saying something, and it was Bill Russell, this this legend, this titan, this all-time great, on the other end, who is able to make fun of himself and laugh at other people. It was like the perfect storm of everything, and it was my favorite story of the week, bar none. We head to Houston, Texas, where Alex Bregman decided that he was gonna grow a mustache, and he played terribly with the mustache. So poorly that on Sunday afternoon, Alex Bregman decided to shave. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, why is this a problem? Well, think about the time that I told you. On Sunday afternoon, they were playing on Sunday afternoon. Alex Bregman shaved during the third inning. I'm not kidding. He went up to bat in the second inning, had a little bit of a mustache there, went back up to bat in the fourth inning, had nothing. Baby-faced, right? Smooth. Now, the mustache didn't really look good to begin with. I made this comparison on Yankees on Deck earlier in the week. It looked kind of like Tyler Lydon's Rico from a couple years back, if you remember that, when Tyler Lydon decided to, you know, grow a mustache, uh, and that kind of grew a personality of its own in a way. 
But here's the funny thing about Bregman. Ever since he shaved, he has been red hot. Now, he finished out the rest of that game on Sunday over. But in the four games since then, Monday, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, four games since then, he's hitting 588 with a 632 on-base percentage and a 2.043 OPS. He's got three home runs and five doubles as a part of his 10 hits in that stretch. He has been on fire since shaving his mustache. Now, baseball players in particular, and I, I think athletes as a, 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 a subset of humanity, athletes are, are uh, superstitious. But baseball players in particular are like super superstitious, if that makes any sense, right? They're really superstitious. They really take this stuff seriously. So I would imagine that the rest of the season, Alex Bregman is going to be very careful about how much stubble he lets on his face and and how, how long he lets that mustache go. I don't imagine that he will be a part of No Shave November. I don't think that's really his deal. Like I, I think he's going to lay low on that front because, well, he performs better when he's, uh, when he's clean shaven, as, been, as has been shown this past week. He has been red hot. He has raised his batting average for the season in these four games by 15 points. Nearly 20 points going back to the game on Sunday, going back to after Sunday's game. He has been red hot. It has been unbelievable. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying it's because he shaved, but I'm not saying it's not because he shaved either. And now we get to uh, kind of a recurring news story of sorts in this weird news segment. And that's going to sound funny because we've only done this one other time. But, but, there is a recurring story. And it is NBA teams shooting themselves in the foot while tweeting things out. Now, during the playoffs, Dwayne Casey was named Coach of the Year, as voted on by the coaches, and it was awkward. On Monday night, he was named Coach of the Year, as voted on by the media, And it's awkward because he got fired. And then the Raptors tweeted out, thanks, coach. Congrats, coach. Awkward tweet. Right? You fired the guy. He doesn't work for you anymore. That's awkward. However, it was followed up today, followed up this morning by another tweet, very much in the same vein, and it is just so... Perfect. The San Antonio Spurs. Yes, the model franchise. Right? Greg Popovich, Tim Duncan. The model franchise. They tweet out earlier today, Happy birthday, Kawhi Leonard. Oh, but you see, the problem there is Kawhi doesn't really like you anymore. Doesn't really want to be with you anymore. Is actively plotting his departure 
from your team and your organization. So you can see how this might be a little bit awkward. Now, it's not quite as bad as the Raptors tweet about the guy that they fired following a season in which he won Coach of the Year. But it gives off a bit of the same vibe. That, you know, we we got to be nice because you're still here. We've got to be nice because you performed well when you played for us, when you coached for us. But we all know we're going our separate ways. It's just awkward. Yet hilarious. I love it. As I've said on this podcast before, it is part of what makes the NBA fun. Because we know for the most part what's going to happen on the court. But all this off-the-court stuff is the fun part. All this off-the-court drama, so to speak, that's the fun part. And this is just like another layer of it. Teams congratulating coaches they don't employ any longer. Teams wishing happy birthdays to players who are actively seeking a trade. You know, it's all part of the game. It's all a lot of fun. That does it for Weird News. That does it for this podcast for today, for the week. We will be back next week. We'll have a, probably a few fewer podcasts. There's that holiday, that 4th of July thing in the middle of next week. So we'll be back. We'll figure out our podcast schedule over the weekend. And uh, we'll talk to you on Monday. Have a good weekend, everybody.